Hello everybody and welcome to episode number three, I think it is, uh, The Red Stew That Changed Everything, this is called. Are you ready? Do you remember last time we were talking about, uh, the question that people ask is, how have you loved us? That's the start of the oracle, how have you loved us? Now if we want to understand some of the weird stuff in the first five verses of this book, and it is pretty weird, you should go back and check it out for yourself. We have to go back, all, all the way back into Israel's history, to a lady called Rebecca. Now, Rebecca was expecting twins, and they were never destined to be good friends. In fact, the Bible records God talking to her about what it will be like for them. He says, Two nations are in your womb, and two peoples from within you will be separated. One people will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. So... Q, Esau and Jacob. You know the story, right? Esau, the firstborn, is a hunter. Jacob, not so much. The tension builds up between the two of them and ultimately the whole thing builds up to a meal and an exchange. Now, just before we get to the exchange, I want to just take a little note. Around this time, being the firstborn child was a big deal. It didn't just mean being able to sit in the front of the car seat first. It meant a couple of things. Firstly, that you would receive a double portion of the family's inheritance and estate. That was the first thing. Secondly, you'd take on judicial responsibility of the father. You were officially the head of the household. Finally, and most importantly, Jews attached sacred significance to this birthright. You became like a priest of the family. So the link between man and God and heaven and earth became the right of the firstborn son. The firstborn was responsible not just for matters of the family, but also, too, for it being saved. Little bells should be ringing in your mind around now about that phase, uh, phrase for the firstborn from among the Jews. It's Jesus who ultimately fulfills this role for all families, all time. Anyway, so this birthright is incredibly valuable. It's what connects the family to God into the future. And what happens? Esau comes back from a hard day's hunting and Jacob is in the kitchen rustling up a stew. And Esau says to him, give me some of that red stuff for I am famished. And Jacob cunningly says to him, okay, you can have some of this stew if you give me your birthright. I mean, I'm used to some deals, but this is ridiculous. In fact, the Red Stew moment was so significant for the writer of Genesis, he's the, he then makes a point of giving Esau a second name. He becomes Edom, which is like a play on the Hebrew word for red. And Edom, like Israel, becomes the name of both a person and an entire nation. The Red Nation, built on selling out a birthright for a meal. Now, here's the thing. God is obviously mad and he hates Esau for this. But it seems like for a long, long time that this deal goes unpunished. In fact, it looks like Edom as a country and as a people actually flourishes. So when Jacob's descendants were enslaved in Egypt, Esau's descendants were chiefs in the land of Edom. Long before the Israelites put their first king on the throne, Edom was a monarchy. The rub for the Israelites was that being God's chosen and promised people didn't secure them political independence or domestic security. If you lived among them... You could have uh, economic stability and independence, but what you wouldn't have had is a connection with the real source of life. 
you wouldn't have had a guarantee that your future was secure. You might have had a guarantee that your future was secure, but more importantly, you would have lived with the knowledge that there was no one or nothing to represent you to the power beyond yourself. If it could be achieved, you had to make it happen. But if it was beyond you, there was nothing to draw on, no name to provide. And ultimately, the story of the Edomites goes as the wider story of the Old Testament goes, that being known as God's children is more secure and more trustworthy than any other options for security. Because centuries have now passed since Jacob and Esau and God in this letter through Malachi has made the once prosperous land into a wasteland, never again to hold the power and wealth. Where do you turn for your security? Have you got all the resources that you need to make it in life? When it comes to the crunch, are the things that you'll spend time building, the things which will actually keep you safe from harm? We have choices often like to make about what to invest our love and our time into. And today, don't be swayed by the most profitable option. Instead, invest yourself into what will save you and your family forever. Think back to a kitchen table a long, long time ago. Was a red stew really worth a birthright?